welcome to Beyond the Crucible. I'm Warwick Fairfax, the founder of Beyond the Crucible. You know, mission drift doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen like a sledgehammer hitting you. It's like death by a thousand cuts. So that one day your your heart just lights up, you know, you're living in light of your true purpose, and then 10, 20 years go by, and how did this happen? Well, it, may, it happened by one small compromise at a time, one small choice, in of which doesn't seem that big a deal, but was heading a bit like an ocean liner. You know, you, you make a five degree change in course and a couple hundred miles later, you're way, way off course. But what's a little two, three, five degree change in course? Doesn't seem that much. Well, yeah, it, it is. It is indeed. Mission drift may come on slowly, imperceptibly even, but Warwick is not exaggerating when he says its impact is like death from a thousand cuts. What can it kill? Your purpose. Hi, I'm Gary Schneeberger, co-host of the show. In this episode, Warwick and I walk you step-by-step step through his latest blog, Seven Ways to Realign with Your True Purpose. It all starts with understanding that purpose, and along the way we talk at length about how to know if you've drifted off mission. Hint, it's tied to your purpose. What you can do to right the ship if you have, and how fellow travelers can help keep you sailing in a straight line. Warwick also explains the critical difference between mission drift and mission evolution. The latter is a good thing. And what role giving yourself grace plays in finding your true north again if you veered away from it. Living outside your true purpose is not fun, he says, but it is also not irreversible. remember back at the start of the year, folks, um, in January, uh, Warwick wrote a blog about making life resolutions rather than New Year's resolutions. Uh, this idea that we should make a resolution to live in light of our true purpose. Uh, and, and in that blog, we gave some, stel- some steps to help you find your true purpose and calling. So that was what we set in January of this year, 2023. And now, today, um, as this episode drops, it's the 4th of July. Happy Happy 4th of July, Warwick. It's, uh, it's the 4th of July here in the States. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, if you hear anything going off, it shouldn't be fireworks because we're recording this in advance. But if you do hear that, there's something going on around our, our homes. But um, it, it is. It's the 4th of July and as this episode drops. And that means that 2023 is halfway over which is almost impossible for me to believe um, that this year is already halfway done. But um, it's a great time as Americans, this day is, to celebrate the hard-won freedoms that we enjoy. And it's also a great time as individuals who are endeavoring to live a life of significance to take stock of how uh, that pursuit of our mission is going. And um, that's where the blog comes in. Um, The blog is titled, let me get this absolutely right, Seven Ways to Realign with Your True Purpose. Okay, seven ways to realign with your true purpose. That's the blog at beyondthecrucible.com that we're going to walk through here today, which will help you um, discover. Are you experiencing a little mission drift? Are you are you? doing things right. I mean, the the central question at the start of the blog that Warwick writes is this, 
How do we know if we are drifting off course or if our mission has, has evolved? If things are a little different, how do we know if it's drifting off course or if our mission simply evolved? And Warwick, I want to start off by asking you, uh, why is that such a critical question? We're going to get into the details of it here, but why is that general question so critical as we consider what our true uh, mission is? Yeah, thanks, Gary. I mean, it's a big topic. You know, you can say, well, maybe I'm just evolving in my mission, uh, but how do we know if we're drifting or not from our mission? I think we need to get in touch with our true purpose, uh, our calling, if you will. Uh, that's the key question. We've got to first dig deep and understand what is our true purpose? Why have I been put on earth by God? Or have you think um, whatever spiritual framework makes sense to you? What's my gifting, my talents, my passion? What do I feel like is my true purpose, my calling? And it's possible over time for your uh, how that purpose uh, fleshes itself out in terms of mission and vision to be refined. The core uh, driver of it may not uh, change, but how it plays out day to day in the particular aspect of your business or nonprofit may be refined or, or change. But mission drift is when who you are is basically, uh, you know, shifting. Maybe you went into the law to be a nonprofit lawyer, or maybe uh, to uh, try to um, help folks who are being marginalized. Maybe the social justice law, and over time you ended up in corporate law. Nothing wrong with being in corporate law, but you may find that, gosh. My purpose was originally to help those that have been marginalized by society, and now I'm helping corporations. That's not wrong, but if that's not your true purpose, that may be more mission drift rather than mission evolution. Mission evolution in that example could be, well, you know, um, I have a heart to help the marginalized, but I feel a particular calling to civil rights law or maybe law involving people with disabilities. That's more a refinement of your calling and purpose, if you will, uh, not uh, mission drift. So anyway, that's sort of one example, but we'll get into it in more detail. But it's a big topic is, am I drifting from my mission or am I is my mission just being refined? So the way that we're going to help you understand that, listener, which one, where you, know, where you fall, um, is we're going to... Uh, basically do an oil check for you. We're going to check your oil to see whether your mission is uh, has evolved or whether it's drifted. We'll give you um, uh, some dipsticks, seven dipsticks, in fact, that Warwick's put in this blog that you can kind of dip into your mission and see where it's at, uh, what its status is. Is it roadworthy? Uh, will it get you where you want to go? How true how true at the end of the day is your missional engine running? That's what we're going to focus on here uh, over the next, um, uh, you know, 45 minutes or so. It, it all starts out as Warwick has, has intimated, right? Just a little bit that uh, the first point in this blog is know your purpose. You say that a lot, Warwick. How can somebody discover their purpose and why is it important to discover their purpose? You know, it's a big question. It's not always easy to figure it out uh, overnight, but 
you know, it's really very central to what we talk about at Beyond the Crucible. So one way of looking at it, for those who have been through a crucible experience, uh, a setback, failure that's so traumatic that it fundamentally changes your life, coming out of that crucible experience, you might find your purpose. It may be, I never want anybody to go through what I went through. Uh, I want to help them avoid it, or if they can't avoid it, uh, you know, it might be abuse, abandonment, or some other crucible. I feel like my purpose is to help people who've gone through abuse bounce back or avoid abuse. That's a very noble, uh, a very noble purpose. So it often comes out of your crucible experience. It may be something you wished the world had. What change in the world do you feel called to? It'll absolutely be in line with your talents and gifts, your passion. So purpose um, is just at your core, very much tied to your inherent uh, beliefs and values. Purpose is something that really doesn't change at its core. If you have been abused, that sense of wanting to help people uh, bounce back from abuse as best they can, that purpose uh, just to help people in that way, maybe it could evolve, but there's a core purpose that doesn't tend to change. Why am I put on this earth for? It's something almost eternal. Uh, so that kind of purpose uh it doesn't really change. It's your, the driver behind who you are, which for many of the folks on our podcast comes directly out of their crucible experience. Right. And how does, uh, because we talk about purpose a lot beyond the cruise, but, but there are other topics we talk about too. How does, how does some of the other topics that we talk about, like vision and values and those things, how do those things inform a purpose? How do they all align? Um, for people to just help them understand purpose is, is just one of the words kind of that, that fits into that, who you are and what you want to do thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, as we've been discussing, um, it often comes out of a crucible experience. It'll be aligned with your beliefs and values. Um, it'll be aligned with your talents and gifts. And it will really be the catalyst, uh, your sort of inner purpose, uh, your inner calling. It's, you know, it'll be something that is true to the depths of your soul. Um, you know, you're very sort of that it'll come out of that inner soul work, your sense of purpose. And your purpose will then drive your, your vision and mission in, in terms of how that's actually going to manifest itself in the world, uh, business and nonprofit. Uh, and will also give you great staying power, perseverance. You'll have fellow travelers that you'll gather around who believe in your purpose that's driving your mission and vision. So it's something that doesn't change. I have to confess, I asked that question of you um, to set this up um, because it is in uh, next week, listener, we start a series, a summer series, a special summer series that we're calling Crucible Hacks which helps you walk through each stage of what we call the beyond the crucible refining cycle and vision and passion and strengths and talents and gifts and all those things go into what your life of significance can be. So I sort of threw that question at you, Warwick, just to kind of give us a chance to, to sort of uh, let people know about the series that's coming up next week. It's a, it's a 10 part series that will be starting next week. So do tune in uh, a little bit different than we do things here on the, 
on Beyond the Crucible. It's going to be about 30 minute episodes with just me and Warwick kind of going through really quickly a couple of hacks that you can use to take these tasks to understand these things about yourself that inform your your life of significance, um, uh, some hacks to make them a little bit uh, more manageable for you to figure this stuff out. So uh, we urge you, tune in next week. But don't stop listening this week because that was just point one. Point two is this, in um, is evaluate whether you have drifted. Uh, talk about that a little bit, Warwick. You, you, you indicated a little bit about evolution, which we'll talk about in more detail, but the first point of, of, of a change in, uh, in mission is perhaps it's drifted. Um, how can you evaluate it, whether you've drifted? Back to my example of the uh, lawyer who wanted to deal with the you know, um, nonprofit world of maybe disability or uh, you know, racial discrimination it may be, well, I, you know, I need some more money to, to improve my lifestyle. So I'm going to take the, you know, just a couple of corporate law clients. And over time, the couple of corporate law clients end up being, you know, 90% or 100% of your work and you've drifted from your, your core purpose. I think really what you have to do is make sure you know your true purpose in the first place. If you're not sure whether you've drifted, you need to go back to point one and understand what is my true purpose. And then say, okay, is what I'm doing now, how does that line up with that um, purpose? Ask, uh, yes, we'll get to later, some fellow travelers, some friends and family. It's like, I feel like I might have drifted, but I'm not sure. And they might say, well, it's sure different than what I heard you talk about growing up, your inner passion. I see the light bulb, you know, I see the light in your heart has just grown dim. Mm. You know, I feel like you've made lots of small compromises, death by a thousand cuts, and maybe it makes business sense, but I'm not sure it makes soul sense. You talking about what you were just talking about exploded in my mind something I have not thought about in 25 years. I was a newspaper reporter and editor, uh, so that involved usually interviewing people, writing stories, editing stories like that. Later in my career, in the uh, late 90s, I got a job as an editorial page editor. And my job as editorial page editor was to write, here's what the paper thinks about this issue or that issue. There wasn't any interviewing that went on usually. Um, it wasn't the most creative kind of writing. And I showed my journalism mentor, my late journalism mentor, Jim Bishop, um, uh, who I was still in Texas where I had worked. I was working in Palm Springs, California. I sent him one of my editorials I was particularly proud of. I thought it was very erudite. And Jim wrote back to me in an email. He didn't write back, great job, great writing, any of those things. He wrote back, dead man writing. That's what he wrote. He sensed exactly what you were talking about, that my spirit, that he saw me in the newsroom when I worked for him a few years before, was, was dampened a little bit by the kind of writing I was doing. And that was a like a, a huge cup of cold water in my face to go, I'm not following the same thing that brought my heart alive about journalism that I was following before. And that 
did indeed change the trajectory over over the course of a couple of years of the way my career went. So I had not thought about that work. I'm, I'm not kidding you for 25 years. Dead man writing. I still remember that because you've heard the phrase dead man walking, right? For people who are on death row. Right. He was saying I was I was I was I was sort of my spirit was sort of crushed by the kind of unimaginative writing I was doing. So very good example of what you were talking about. Having a friend like Gary's friend, Jim Bishop, it's not easy to read an email saying dead man writing. I mean, that's <laughs> yes. not an easy email. That's right. like somebody's stabbing you in your heart with, you know, a, not a dagger, but a massive broadsword. I mean, it's unbelievably painful to read that. But you have to really love and care for somebody at a deep level to be willing to do that. And I think one of the things that Jim Bishop's email and this discussion brings up is has the light gone out in your heart, in your soul? Mm. Do you feel like I'm going to work and it used to be a calling and a passion. Now it's a job and I just want to get to five or six o'clock so I can go home, relax, have fun on the weekend, play golf, play with the kids, whatever. But yeah, I used to be so excited, but now, you know, I've just kind of, I've lost the passion. The, the, the light of my soul has gone out. And other everybody around me sees it, but they don't quite know what to say. If you feel like the light in your eyes, the light in your heart, the light in your soul has gone out, you probably almost definitely have drifted from your purpose. Yeah, very, very true. Point three in this blog, seven ways to realign with your true purpose is this. If you have drifted, as I just described, I had, move back to your purpose, right? Correct course. Um, if you've drifted to continue what was sort of a sailing analogy or a, or a driving analogy, if you've drifted off course, get back on course. Um, uh, you write that life's about choices. We can make smaller, big ones that we feel are good, but just one little small choice that takes you kind of off course, as you've pointed out many times, can lead you down the road many miles off where you want to be. Uh, and, and that doesn't have to be physical miles. That can be emotional miles. That can be purpose miles. That can be vision miles. So talk a little bit about this concept, Warwick, of if you've drifted, move back to your purpose. And 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 I, I think you would say do it quickly, right? Absolutely. Um, when you get, you know, the kind of email, for instance, that Gary got, uh, you know, without getting into it, into much more depth necessarily, uh, you really have a choice. Am I going to ignore Jim Bishop's email? I'm going to take stock, you know, I'm going to think about, right. gosh, you know, if I think it, you know, obviously it's somebody that you've known for years, am I going to think about this? That's really where you, you know, sometimes our inner angels, our inner purpose, our beliefs and values begin to creep through the crust and cracks of the uh, debris and uh, of life that accumulates on us that kind of dampens our heart. A little ray of sunshine breaks through, but maybe it's only a little ray. That's where you have to listen, maybe ask close friends, family, colleagues. And if you feel like, gosh, how did I get here? Where did the last 20 years go? I didn't seek to make compromises, but I kind of have. I'm a person that I almost wouldn't recognize. My younger self would probably be horrified would walk on the other side of the street saying, I, I don't know who this guy is, but you know who this woman is, but it's not me. Maybe they would say, that'll never be me, you know, even though right. it is. So that's where you've got to begin to um, make choices and begin to make a, uh, 
a plan to get back on track. Just answering the questions is good. I mean, you might be good at what you're doing, but it may not really, uh, you know, light a fire in, in your soul. I think about somebody we had in a podcast series uh, last year, Robert Miller, and he always had this passion for, for music, but he ended up being a good writer and ended up uh, being a very successful corporate bankruptcy lawyer in New York. And as he said, his challenge was he was too good at his job. He was pulling in a big salary. But over right. time, he realized, I've drifted from my purpose. And he ended up uh, at about, I don't know, somewhere around about age 60, leaving his job and uh, founding Project Grand Slam, which is sort of a, a Latin jazz fusion. Well, that's his purpose that you know lights up his soul. He has a podcast. He had to make some choices and uh, not easy ones. Wasn't nothing wrong with being a corporate bankruptcy lawyer. It made sense. You pull in a salary, but over time he realized decades had gone by and he wasn't living in light of his true purpose as he saw it. Right. And as you said there, uh, you know, it can be going well. You can think you're doing a great job. You can be doing a great job. I would not have sent that email of my editorial to Jim Bishop if I thought it stunk, right? I wanted affirmation from my mentor, the man who taught me how to do journalism well. Um, and, you know, he did indicate, yeah, it's 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 perfectly fine, you know, it's fine writing, but it's dead man writing. So he, you know, he he didn't so much slap me as he, as he woke me up in a different way. But that, you know, you can get to that place where it's it's going well, and you're and you're and you're sailing along. That's when you can drift. And I love what you write in the blog, Warwick. On this point, you say, "Resolve today if you've drifted from your purpose. Resolve today to go back to what you felt called to. It's not resolved next week. It's not resolved two Thursdays from now. It's resolved today to do it. Um, because the quicker you correct being off course, the qu the quicker you get back on course. So. Let's move on now to point four, and that's this. If your vision has grown or shifted, but your true purpose is the same, good news. Here's the best news we've had so far in our first <laughs> four points of seven ways to realign with your true purpose. If your vision has grown and shifted, but your true purpose is the same, that's good news. Uh, to continue our oil change metaphor, our dipstick metaphor, um, you still got several thousand miles of usage out of that oil that you've got in your engine. You can continue moving in the direction you're moving um, uh, because your purpose has not shifted. Why is that good news if, if your vision has grown or shifted, but your purpose is the same? Why is that good news for folks? Yeah, it really all comes back down to the first point, know your purpose. If you know your purpose, you will be able to discern if it's mission drift or mission evolution. If you know your true purpose, it can give you freedom to explore and expand um, how that purpose will manifest itself in your mission and vision. Technology can change. Uh, the needs of people out there can change. That's completely fine. But it really, it all comes down to point number one. If you know your true purpose, then you should feel free to see that mission and vision evolve and be refined as you know new people come on the team or the needs change or maybe you know what's causing a uh, you know a passion within your heart maybe that refines but you know but you will know back to jim bishop's uh, email you know dead man writing 
you know, you will be able to discern, um, you know, am I sort of dead man walking, if you will, or do I feel that that inner light, that inner passion from my soul is shining, if anything, brighter? You know, ask your friends and family, says, no, hey, look, you are more excited now than I've ever seen you. This feels like more in line with your inner soul, your values and your beliefs than I've ever seen it. People will know. They'll be able to help you discern, yep, this is a vision and mission evolution, not mission drift. Right. And that you've said a couple times now in this discussion, go back to point one, to knowing your purpose. And that's really, you know, that's really the the true north of a life of significance, right? That's really the plumb line to apply. I mean, a couple of these points, the check is to go back to that true purpose and align what you're doing now with that true purpose seems to be a fair statement about how exactly we we navigate all this. So if you're if you're one who prints these things out, folks, circle number one, know your purpose in the great big red thing, because that's where I think we're going to spend some more time going back as we go through some more of these points. All right. So now we move on to point five in this blog, seven ways to realign with your true purpose. Um, and this is where things then, right, if point four is kind of the good news portion, right, point five becomes, oh, maybe the news is going to be not so good right now and you got to do some more work. Uh, point five is this. If you have drifted, it may be time for some tough choices. Talk about that a little bit, Warwick. You actually have a have an exclamation point on your blog in this section. So, what I mean, you're feel pretty emphatically because you're not an exclamation point guy usually. So so why is it important or, or what are those tough choices that you may have to make if you have drifted? If you've gone back to point one, know your purpose, you feel like you're drifted away from your purpose, what kind of tough choices and why tough choices are necessary here? Yeah, it's one thing to say, yep, you know, I've drifted, moved back to my purpose, but uh Think back to Robert Miller that we just spoke about. If you're a successful corporate bankruptcy lawyer, you know, you're pulling in lots of money, you're working in New York City, you, get, you know, life is good, you've got a great lifestyle, there's going to be consequences from quitting your uh, top corporate New York law job and starting a Latin jazz fusion rock band. There's going to be consequences in terms of money. Now, maybe at that point, around about 60, Robert Miller had enough uh, money in the bank, so to speak, that he could do that. But there's going to be people who are saying, Robert, what are you doing? You're mad. You're an idiot. You're leaving this top corporate law job right, to start right. a rock band. Is this, aren't you a bit old at 60 for a midlife crisis? <laughs> I mean, come, what is, you know that that happened. So it's going to be, very often tough choices in terms of income, your family, buddies kind of razzing you and saying, gosh, this is madness. What are you doing? But that's where you've really got to dig down deep to the soul work and understand what is my life's purpose. And you've got to be willing to say, you know what? People might not understand, or some people will, hopefully your fellow travelers, which we'll get into very soon. But some people may not, but ultimately it comes down to your soul. What lights my soul up? What is my true purpose? And if that means I've got to change directions, then so be it. I'm going to change directions. 
And that's a tough choice. I don't at all sugarcoat that tough choice. It could mean significant uh, change in income. It could mean uh, your buddies making fun of you. It's not easy, but you know, we've only got one life to live. And if we live out of alignment with our true purpose, you know, who wants to live a life where the light is dim and, you know, it's a dead man riding or dead man walking for the rest of your life? You don't want to live that life. Right. And one of the things, as I'm reading through this, especially this fifth point, if you have drifted, it may be time for tough choices. This can also be used to prevent drift, right? As I read this point, I think of a time a few months ago, less than a year ago, in my work for Beyond the Crucible, uh, it's technically through my my public relations firm, Roar, which I started seven years ago. I have this, this, this principle that if a job pops up out of nowhere, a potential job pops up out of nowhere, someone's interested in talking to me, I'm going to go see what they have to say just to see so I don't miss something that may be great. Um, I went through a process for this large faith-based nonprofit kept going through the process, kept thinking I was going to wash out. I didn't wash out. And at the end, as you know, at the end of that process, they offered me a job and I had to make that determination. And this is one of the things I had to do. I had to look at point five from the perspective of I hadn't drifted, but if I took this job, would I drift? Would it take me away from my purpose? And my purpose expressed in, in, in part through what I do here at Beyond the Crucible, co-hosting the podcast and, and, and myriad other things. And some other things I do through uh, my business, the tough choice was here's a full-time job, benefits, all this good stuff. It was a lot of money. And I, and I said, no, because I knew what my purpose was. I, my purpose was to stay doing what I was doing, which includes being here with you. Um, so uh, I sort of shocked the recruiter when she called me up to give me the good news. And I said, oh, no, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, but no, I'm not going to do that. So I say all that to say, uh, this can also be used, this blog at beyondthecrucible.com, seven ways to uh, realign with your true purpose can help you stay aligned with your true purpose too. This would have been very helpful to me. And this was a principle I very well, I mean, I very closely followed. I knew what brought my heart alive and I wanted to keep that purpose and taking that other job would have, would have sort of knocked that away. So um, uh, this was help to me uh, before you wrote it and before I knew it existed. So there you go. And before <laughs> I drifted, which is very important, I did not drift. I stayed the course so that, but it can work for you that way too, listener. It doesn't have to be that you've already drifted. This can also help you avoid drift. Hey, just on that point, uh, yeah. that's such an excellent point that you raised, Gary, is that uh, knowing your true purpose can help you avoid drift. It's like, what's better to take medicine after you're sick or to take right. some inoculation right. that stopped right. you getting the disease in the first place? One right. is vastly less pain. I mean, yeah, maybe there's pain with inoculation, but it's nothing like nothing as bad as getting the disease itself, at least in most cases. So I think that here's a good example that you've just raised. There are some people that clearly didn't understand your choice. The recruiter, for instance, probably thought you were mad and insane. You know, she may not have said anything, but you know what she's thinking. This guy's crazy. Doesn't he realize what an incredible job this is? <laughs> I could hear it in her voice. I could hear it in her voice, and I felt bad like I disappointed her. But again, I didn't disappoint myself, which was the point. Right. But his, but that's true. But in terms of people that really knew you, like your wife and close friends, they probably said, you know what, Gary? 
I understand why you made that choice and yep. it's the right choice. The matter yep. of said because you're following your true purpose. But I've got to believe your wife and close friends, they absolutely understood your choice, right? Oh, absolutely. And and they understood it and affirmed it as right for me because of that. Right. They may not have used the word purpose, but they know me. They know what my purpose is. They know what brings my heart alive. And I mean, my wife asked me several questions as I was pondering the offer along those lines. So that was a we keep saying fellow travelers before we get there, but we're about to get there. Next point is we're finally going to get there in full, full-throatedly in the next point, listener. But yes, I mean, people who know me well did indeed advise me along those lines. Make sure it's something that's in line with what you, what brings your heart alive. Um, and and that, was a, that was a huge help uh, through that process for sure. Uh, so shall we get to fellow travelers now? Is it, is it time Absolutely. to get there at point six? All right. Absolutely. Point, Point six in the blog at Beyond the Crucible, seven ways to realign with your true purpose, is this phrase that we've used probably on each of the first five points, <laughs> because it's that important. And that is this, fellow travelers can really help, um, right? It's friends and family outside of what you do or colleagues who are part of what you do can be really, really helpful. Warwick, you're the one who I first heard use this term fellow travelers to describe folks who help us in this way. And there's many ways that they can help us um, as we as we walk out a life of significance. How can fellow travelers help us to stay focused on our purpose, avoid mission drift? One of the things that I've come to believe is even the most intelligent people can make incredibly dumb decisions. <laughs> It's very possible. Gary, myself, those listening, I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but we all have probably had times in which we've made decisions that made no sense. And those that love us said, I'm, I don't get why Gary's making this decision. It's nuts. Right. And same with me. Because we're human. We're frail. It's easy to be deceived and confused and frightened. That's the essence of being human. So fellow travelers, our friends and family, work colleagues who've known us maybe for decades, they know the real us. They know, by definition, our true purpose. They know what makes our heart come alive. And so what we have to do is have the courage to let those fellow travelers in, right. to let those who love and care for us the most in and listen to them, not give them lip service, but listen. Because if you have a whole bunch of people around you, like in this, to use Gary's example of that job opportunity that says, that says, Gary, I know it's a lot of money and benefits and all, but I'm having a hard time seeing how this lines up with, you know, maybe right. they didn't use the word exactly. truth, but what makes your heart come alive? Now, mm -hmm. they could all be wrong. Kelly, your wife could be wrong. Your friends, could all, they could all be wrong. What are the odds of them all being wrong? Like really, really, really low. So right. Gary made mm -hmm. the smart choice to listen to them. And it wasn't like he didn't, it wasn't like it was a big fight. I'm sure he he knew that they were right. And it wasn't like, oh my gosh, you're wrong. Okay, maybe you're right. I don't think there was this intense struggle because Gary is a smart person, you know? Right. And he, you know, he wasn't fighting it. Uh, but there are times in which we do fight those fellow travelers. And so Again, like the lobster boiling, you've heard that expression a million times. You know, mission drift doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen like a sledgehammer hitting you. It's like death by a thousand cuts. So that one day you're 
your heart just lights up, you know, you're living a lot of your true purpose, and then 10, 20 years go by, and how did this happen? Well, it may it happened by one small compromise at a time, one small choice, in of which doesn't seem that big a deal, but was heading a bit like an ocean liner. You know, you, you make a five degree change in course and a couple hundred miles later, you're way, Oops. way off course. <laughs> right. You know? Right. But what's a little two, three, five degree change in course? Doesn't seem that much. Well, yeah, it, it is. And so that's where fellow travelers, if you let them in, that's a big if with a capital I F, if you let them in and just say, look, I don't know, is this mission drift? Is it mission evolution? And they start asking you questions like, what makes your heart light up? How is it in line with your true you know, faith and, and uh, you know, true, how does it line up with your true uh, beliefs and values? How does it line up with your ability? What makes your heart light up? Start asking those questions. It'll be very obvious to them and it should be to you. But that's where you need fellow travelers because it is very easy for intelligent people to make dumb decisions and to be fooled. It is mm-hmm. very easy. So know yourself, realize that I too, on any given day, can make a catastrophically stupid decision. All of us can. It's part of being human. Give it the right toxic mix of pay, benefits, fear, whatever it is. It's always possible to make a dumb decision. It really is. And the next point that we'll get to in just a second helps us process when that happens, when we make a dumb decision, when things kind of go out of whack for us. But before we get there, um, I want to take the time again to say, you've heard us say the words fellow travelers a lot, folks, on this show uh, today. Here's another opportunity to plan for next week when we start our summer series Crucible Hacks, because one of those episodes, a complete episode, is on this very thing, is on fellow travelers, um, why they're important, uh, how they're important, and specifically a couple of hacks for how to how to how to build them, how to find them, how to bring them in to your purpose, uh, how to bring them in uh, along your journey to a life of significance. So next week, tune in week one of a ten-part series going all through the summer on Crucible Hacks. Um, Our seventh point, final point in the blog, seven ways to realign with your true purpose. That would be point seven, probably, if that's the final point. And the the title is seven ways to realign with your true purpose. The seventh point is this, and it goes to what Warwick was just saying about um, colossally stupid things that we do or something like that. Some great adverb in front of that um, stupid, uh, that adjective stupid. Uh, And that's this, very simply, give yourself some grace. Warwick, I'm going to turn it over to you to talk about why that's so important. But I, as I do from time to time, I pulled up a quote off the internet and I did some searching this morning and I found a lot, but this one really kind of summarizes what happens when we forgive ourselves. Um, and it's, it's funny. It was, it was funny, odd, funny, not ha ha funny. It was written in 1967 in something called the weekly digest, which much have been a, uh, you know, one of those weekly magazines that came out like the Saturday evening post, et cetera, et cetera. 1967, I was two uh, then this individual, Paul, Bosi said this about giving yourself some grace. Forgiveness does not change the past, but it does enlarge the future. That just hit me as a, I mean, talk about a a reason to, to forgive yourself and to forgive others as well. But in this idea of give yourself some grace, 
it enlarges your future to do so. Uh, that was true in 1967, and it's true today, uh, I believe. Warwick, why is it so important to give yourself some grace in these situations? Because each of the points above 0.7 have areas uh, where we can go off course. Why is it important to give ourselves grace when we do? Boy, I love that quote about forgiveness can't change the past, but it can enlarge the future. That is so true, because lack of forgiveness holds us back. We have often talk about forgiveness, which is related to grace. Lack of forgiveness of ourselves or of others, it's like drinking poison, it's like being in prison. It really stops you moving out of your crucible. So, it's so true. I think, yeah, in in terms of grace, mission drift tends to happen naturally, small degree by small degree again, like the lobster boiling. Nobody sets out to do something that was off their purpose, but it just happens like Robert Miller. I mean, should he be angry at himself for spending, I don't know, 30, 40 years in corporate bankruptcy law? No. He provided a good living for his family, his kids. You know, that was a choice he made. I'm not saying it was even the wrong choice. Who knows? But, you know, did he drift from his purpose? Sure. But should he give himself some grace? Absolutely. It's easy to make decisions that at the time seem sensible, but as we look back at on them 20, 30 years later, we feel like, gosh, I feel like I've drifted. Well, rather than dwelling on the past and berating yourself and saying, what an idiot, how could I have done that? And as listeners know, I spent years berating myself for some of my poor decisions, one in particular, failed $2.25 billion takeover for my family's 150-year-old media business in Australia. Listeners have often heard me talk about that. But you've got to forgive yourself and say, gosh, I guess the reasons I did what I did and I just kind of drifted one small decision at a time. Back to my earlier example, maybe somebody wanted to be a nonprofit law, but they had you know huge you know, loans from law school and maybe they had a you know spouse and family that they needed to feel like they helped support. And so, yeah, you make decisions and over time, it seems all logical. And then you look back 20 years later saying, well, it's felt logical, but I don't know, I guess I've drifted. Rather than look back and analyze all the past, you need to move forward and say, okay, I did the best I could at the time. Now I believe I've drifted. I want to get back to my true purpose. And so that's sort of one half of the grace discussion is give yourself grace if you've drifted from your mission, your inner purpose, your true purpose. But then sometimes, and I've certainly faced this, when we uh, our mission and vision evolve, even if we think it's in line with our purpose, change is scary. For most of us, certainly for me, I don't like change. Most of us don't like change. And so if you're a little afraid of the evolution of, the, of your mission and vision, and you know, and this is the key, it's in line with your true purpose, embrace it. Growth is a good thing, but give yourself some grace if that growth is pretty scary. You know, going from a caterpillar to a butterfly, that's, I'm sure, pretty scary. You know, it's a radical change, but it's sort of an evolution of the purpose of, uh, of a butterfly, of, of how you know that's meant to evolve. So you got to give yourself some grace both when you've drifted from your, your true purpose and give yourself some grace when you're actually, your true purpose um, is the same, but your mission and vision are evolving. 
But that whole change thing, it's blowing your circuits a bit and it's scary. Give yourself some grace too as, as you grow. Yeah. And that, this is an interesting point in this discussion that we're at right now, listeners, because we've gone through all seven points. I'll go through them again for you, not in detail, but I'll tell you what they are. Um, you can find the blog at beyondthecrucible.com. Uh, first point is know your purpose. Circle that one if you print things out in, in red marker. Second one is evaluate whether you have drifted. Third point is if you have drifted, move back to your purpose. Fourth point is if your vision has grown or shifted, but your true purpose is the same, good news. Fifth point is if you have drifted, it may be time for some tough choices. If your purpose is not the same, we would add into that. Sixth point, fellow travelers can really help. Seventh point is give yourself some grace. And I thought it would be interesting, Warwick, with those points in mind, uh, we've just given listeners some tips on how to process, how to know where they are on those questions. I thought it would be an interesting discussion to start with patient zero, if you will, uh, for Beyond the Crucible, that's you, um, uh, about, you know, where does your story, and you intimated a little bit earlier about the, the, the failed takeover of the family company, you know, where does your story intersect any of these points and in what ways to help put some flesh on the bones for listeners as they hear, here's what it's, here's what these points mean. Here's a story from Warwick about how some of those points can look, certainly look like in his life and may look somewhat similar in certain ways in your life. Yeah, it's an interesting question, Gary. Um, everybody's situation is going to be slightly different as they interact with these seven points. But for me, when you look at that first one, know your purpose. Oh, I felt like I was 100% certain that I knew my purpose, but I was wrong. I was certain, but I was wrong. And what I mean by that is, again, listeners have heard that. I just mentioned it a minute ago. I grew up in this 150-year-old family media business in Australia. It was large newspapers, TV, magazines. It had the Australian equivalent of uh, the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Washington Post. It was a massive company. I was seen by my parents as the heir apparent. Did my $2.25 billion takeover in 1987. After my father died, he was in his late 80s. Uh, it failed spe spectacularly. And three years later, we had to file for bankruptcy. So really, I wasn't following my purpose. I wasn't even following my dad's purpose. I was following the purpose of my great-great-grandfather, right, John Fairfax, right. who bought uh, the, the newspaper, the Sydney Morning Herald in 1841, and grew it to be a very large company. He was an entrepreneur. My dad was more of a philosophy professor by nature. I'm a reflective advisor. Definitely some commonalities between my dad and I, but you know, I was I felt like the company had drifted from its original purpose. Uh, I felt like the vision had become newspapers had become a bit too sensational, that the company wasn't being well managed, and objectively, one could argue maybe it had drifted from its core purpose. But I got confused because that wasn't my purpose. I was right. trying to avoid the mission drift of the company from my great-great-grandfather John Fairfax's purpose. All very noble. Yes, maybe objectively there have been some mission drift. One could debate that. But mission drift from, from whose purpose? Not mine, somebody else's purpose. Is that really my job to ensure something has drifted from somebody else's purpose? I was living somebody else's life, not my life. Live your own life. When I got control of the company, 
did my, you know, uh, heart light up. There's a story I share at the beginning of speeches I give in which after the takeover was um, completed, so to speak, uh, later in uh, 1987, I go back into the uh, John Fairfax Limited building that was in a suburb of Sydney called Broadway. Believe it or not, you can't make this stuff up. Uh, <laughs> so it wasn't the Great White Way in, in New York, so to speak. That was the name of the neighborhood. And I go into the elevator and my face had been in TV and newspapers for, you know, months. And there were journalists and other, you know, other employees in the elevator as I was going to the top floor, the executive floor to, you know, meet with the new team and hand over control from the old board to my new board. And I was just silent. I felt so uncomfortable. You could not see one ember of a light in my soul at that moment. Mm. Because it's like, I don't want to be here. Why am I here? I'm basically a shy, certainly back then, introverted person. I don't like to make 100 decisions before breakfast like a lot of CEOs need to do. It just in that moment, it was very clear to me, although I didn't articulate it, maybe wasn't even aware that I knew my heart wasn't really lighting up. <laughs> you know, I was scared. I wanted to get out of the elevator. I was not living uh, my purpose. So that was my big mistake, the original sin, if you will, is I wasn't living my purpose. I was living a very noble purpose, but somebody else's one. You gotta live you gotta live your purpose. So for me Right. So um, you were kind of ahead. like you were kind of like a dead man leading, right? I mean that's what you were like, <laughs> right? You were leading that company, but it was right. not your heart was not lit up like ETs in in the movie for sure. Absolutely. Very well said. Yeah, I was like a dead man leading. Um uh, I have a lot of perseverance, unfortunately, and uh, but fortunately, in some strange cosmic way, uh, the company did go under, which I never would have left without that happening, and I was freed. So maybe there's a sovereign God that knew I needed to escape, and maybe that was the only way. Who knows? So then, after the company went under, my wife's American, we moved to the U.S. in the early 90s. Most of the 90s were pretty uh, tough for me. As, who am I? What's my purpose? You know, it's, it was not easy for me to figure that one out. Some For some people, it may be a little easier. For me, it was unbelievably hard. And so then uh, eventually got a job with a local aviation services company. I was just, you know, doing financial and business analysis. I was looking for just something to give me some sense of uh, money coming in the door and some sense of uh, meaning in life, uh, you know, some sense of contribution. And I did well, but over time, I came to one of those choice moments. I came to realize that I was playing small. I was getting great performance review reviews, but my heart wasn't lining up. I didn't use these words, but I certainly didn't feel like it, what I was doing was lining up with my true purpose. And so I made a tough choice. I quit. And my boss was a bit dumbfounded and said, well, so what job are you going to? I don't have another job. Okay, I mean... I did have a little money in the bank, not massive, but, you know, certainly um, some flexibility. But I knew at that time that I wanted to explore being an executive coach. So I went to a conference in Denver, International Coach Federation Conference, became certified, tra trained and certified as a ICF coach. And that was uh, a shift along the path to finding my true purpose. Uh, that And that was a tough choice, but I made it. And that 
you know, and my, I guess my vision and mission has continued to evolve, but my purpose to help people hasn't really uh, changed. And so if you ask me now, you know, what is the mission of Beyond the Crucible? I would say it's to help people not be defined by their worst day, to help people bounce back from the pit of despair after a terrible crucible experience to lead lives of significance, lives on purpose dedicated to serving others. It's all driven by my purpose. I want to use the trauma and the pain that I've been through to help other people. That's what animates me to share uh, stories of other people who've been through pain on this podcast is I want people to realize that their worst day doesn't define them and you know there, there is hope. So that is sort of my purpose to use the pain I've been through in some ways to help others and give them, uh, give them hope. Before we get to what we always do on these episodes, some reflection questions that you wrote in your blog, I want to read the last line of that blog available at beyondthecrucible.com. And you wrote this and it's in bold. I'm going to make sure I read it exactly the way it's written. Resolve today that you will be exactly who you were meant to be and sharing your true purpose with the world. That's what we've spent the last 55 minutes or so talking about Warwick. And um, uh, now we're going to let folks uh, ponder some of the questions that you put at the end of your blog for reflection for them as you, as they've, after they read the blog, after you hear this episode, folks, these are some questions that can help you uh, find your way in these seven points. The first question is this, what is your true purpose? Write down ideally in one sentence what it is. The second question, evaluate whether you have drifted from your true purpose or whether your mission and vision have evolved. And then the third question, if you have drifted from your true purpose, resolve today to get back on course. Warwick said it during this episode, he said it in his blog, and I'll say it here. Life is indeed short. The world needs you to be fully operating in line with who you were meant to be. Uh, as we wrap here, Warwick, uh, you would say, I think, I, I don't even think, I know, you would say you were operated in line of who you were meant to be, aren't you? I am. It's a lot more fun, I gotta say. You know, back in my newspaper days, life was many things. Fun, it was not. Busy, traumatic, public, pressure-filled, guilt-ridden, a lot of different adjectives. Fun? No, it was not fun. Uh, it was draining. It was awful. So living outside of your true purpose is not fun. Living a life where, where you're dead man writing or dead man walking or dead man leading is not fun. It's excruciatingly painful. Li living in light of your true purpose, that is fun, but it's life enhancing. And not just, it not only enhances your life, it enhances the lives of those around you. I think it's true to say both Gary and I love what we do at Beyond the Crucible because we feel like in some small way we're making a difference. And so we love, we love doing it, sharing stories of others, sharing our stories to help people realize that their worst day doesn't define them. That's why we do what we do. So whatever that means to you, living in light of your true purpose 
that is life enhancing both to you, to friends and family, and indeed to the world. Um, why not live in light of your true purpose? Why not have a bit more fun, if I can be slightly flippant, but certainly a lot more meaning and purpose and joy and fulfillment? Well said. And just to show that we at Beyond the Crucible plan these things out to the T, this episode will be followed by the first episode in our summer series, Crucible. I'm kidding. It, it is going to be in our first episode on Crucible Hacks, but we didn't plan it out. We started recording that episode or that series before we actually came up with the idea for this one on Warwick's blog. It's one of those one of those wonderful uh, mysteries that everything fits together perfectly. But if you want to find out your true purpose, if you want to really articulate it, I can't encourage you enough to listen beginning next week to our series on Crucible Hacks because you will find there some great exercises you can do to help you discover your purpose and discover a whole lot of other things that feed into that vision and pursuit of your life of significance. So until next week, when Crucible Hacks starts, we'll see you then. If you enjoyed this episode, learned something from it, we invite you to engage more deeply with those of us at Beyond the Crucible. Visit our website, beyondthecrucible.com, to explore a plethora of offerings to help you transform what's been broken into breakthrough. A great place to start? Our free online assessment, which will help you pinpoint where you are on your journey beyond your crucible and to chart a course forward. See you next week.